Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday. I had to think about it. What day is it? Oh, yes, Thursday, February the 2nd, 2023. So glad that you guys are on today as we uh, continue this journey through the New Testament uh, in our time together. Thank you, as always, for sharing and subscribing and liking, leaving comments, all the interaction on Facebook. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you guys spreading the word. By the way, also, if you ever need to give me some feedback about the podcast, uh, just a, hey, this is what God's doing in my life, or hey, um, this sounds funny, or that sounds funny, or I couldn't figure, or this isn't working, or that looks weird, whatever, just feedback of any kind, uh, Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com is the email address for the podcast, Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Yeah, always love to hear from you. All right, let's do it. Uh, Luke chapter 8, tomorrow on your own or sometime over the weekend, uh, be sure to go ahead and pick up Matthew 11 so that you can stay on track with our reading plan through uh, the New Testament in 2023. So uh, to stay on track, just read Matthew chapter 11 sometime uh, tomorrow, uh, sometime before Monday. And um, yeah, so uh, this week we've covered Matthew 7 and 8. Uh, Luke 7 yesterday, and today, uh, Luke, Luke chapter 8. This is a long chapter, so uh, we'll try to try to get through uh, get through it today. Uh, let's see what the Lord has to say to us. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome, everybody. After this, Jesus traveled, uh, traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Well, that's what he was about, man, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Shusa, the manager of Herod's household. Wow, about that. Susanna, oh, Susanna, oh, don't you cry for me. Anyway, Susanna and many others, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Wow. So the ladies were, uh, you know, were regular givers to the ministry of Jesus. They were supporting uh, the ministry out of their own means. While a lot, you know, because Judas was the one who, you know, we know from Scripture, Judas was the one who managed the uh, the treasury for the for Jesus's ministry, um, you know, which ended up tripping him up. But here we see where who were actually some of the the donors, the contributors. the The women were helping to support them out of their own means. Verse four, when a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town 
from town after town, he told this parable. So they got a lot of people coming, and Jesus tells this parable. There's no coincidence here about, uh, you know, so you got all these people who are listening to Jesus, and Jesus tells a parable of, of the sower. Like, why are there such, and to me, it seems as if he, the parable of the sower, this parable he's about to tell, answers the question, why are there such different responses, such variant responses to the gospel? Why is it that some people receive the gospel gladly while others, you know, ignore it or it doesn't la- it doesn't seem to stick? Um, why isn't why isn't it having the same effect on everyone? So while large crowds were gathering and people were coming from to see Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up uh, with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. There we go. Some good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. It's one of the few parables, by the way, that Jesus actually provides right away the uh, interpretation. A lot of parables were left to interpret or glean the meanings from on our own. Uh, This parable of the sower, Jesus basically tells us what he meant. (laughs) So here we go. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. So right there we were told also why Jesus even used parables in his ministry. Um, it was so that you know people that were truly listening would hear and see the mystery of the kingdom, the the the, the riches of the kingdom. But those who did not have ears to hear, those who weren't really listening, those who weren't ready to hear. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't get it. Um, that's why. He, that's why he told stories. But this is the meaning of the parable. <clears throat> the seed in this parable is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Hmm. So they got. Their, so those along the path are those who they hear the word. Um. But uh, the devil comes and snatches it away. It does has no has no chance, has no chance to really take root. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I see a lot of that, man. Don't we? Don't we? Like people are like, oh man, I'm so fired up for Jesus, and then like. You know, in a month, you're like, hey, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen them in, like, a month. <laughs> like, a month ago, they were at everything. I mean, they were on morning prayer. They were, uh, you know, at Sunday worship. They were posting things on social media about all the way God was moving in their lives. That You know, they were reading the Bible. I mean, just, just boom. And then now I haven't heard from them in, like, a month. What's going on? Well, probably like a rocky soil, right? There's no root. Um, that's why we make such a big deal about spiritual disciplines, man. That's why making this a regular habit in your life um, 
of, of reading the word and praying, whether you feel like it or not, forget the feelings. Fire your feelings, man. <laughs> somebody, come on, somebody. Somebody just got to fire their feelings. Like, like, you know, your feelings cannot be the, the, uh, the driver of your life. And so you got you to fire your feelings as the driver of your life. No, my feelings will not be the driver of my life. My values and my principles will drive my life, not my feelings. Right? And so, so we, talk, we say, I'm going to commit myself to, word, to the word of God. I know ahead there are going to be days I don't feel like doing it, but I'm going to fire my feelings. I don't care about my feelings. That's what I'm going to do because my principles and my values are going to drive my life, not my feelings. And so, um, but some people, you know, it's, it's, they don't spend that time on the roots, which are not exciting. It's dirty. It's messy. It's not always, you don't always, you don't always get a goose bump, but it builds a strong plant, right? It, it builds a strong tree. Uh, the word of God says the, 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 uh, the, the, the righteous is like a, a tree planted by water, right? It, digs its roots down into the rich richness of the soil into the the river that is the spirit of god yeah so um yeah but so so we really have to devote ourselves and dedicate ourselves to working on the root verse 14 the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear but they go on their way, as, as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Hmm. The riches, the cares, the, the, the uh, drama of this world, the lure of this world, the desires of this world, the glitter of this world pulls them away, right? Um, they, uh, the, the thorns chokes out the life, chokes out the, uh, uh, what could be um, a good tree that would produce a lot of good fruit. Verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by, and, and by persevering, produce a crop. Hmm. So, man, isn't it interesting, though, that the, uh, the way <laughs> you don't, you can't tell what kind of soil it is during the sowing. <laughs> You tell what kind of soil it is over time. And here at the end, it seems to suggest that actually you see what kind of soil it is when times of trial come and perseverance is required. You want to know what kind of soil you are? Well, you won't know for sure, or others won't know for sure, until there's a little bit of trial and adversity, until some perseverance is required. And then you'll see what kind of soil is really there. The word of God consistent. It's good seed, man. It, it is a capable of producing a crop a hundred times what was sown. What's the what's the what's the uh, variable? The soil, and particularly how that soil handles uh, persecution when things don't go your way. Right, verse sixteen. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Nah, man, I can't. Nah, it no, because it keeps you awake. You know, uh, I don't know if I'm going to use night lights, but um, I, I have a love-hate relationship with night lights. I mean, I love them, you know what I'm saying? I love them because they, you know, they protect uh, those uh, lower digits down there and toes. Um, so I do appreciate that. 
about a nightlight, but um, it keeps me awake. I mean, I don't like to admit it, but one little light will keep you awake. So anyway, no one lights a lamp, but this is in the case where this is the case where you actually want the light to help. So no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar, puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come can see the light. Uh, for there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. Everything hidden is going to be seen. Uh, so that though, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Hmm. Wow, interesting that. You ever thought about that? Have you ever considered how you listen? It's an interesting. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Do we listen to learn and to discern and to perceive, or do we just just our, you know, our ears are just basically unclogged, <laughs> but they're not really listening. Uh, I know you hear me, but are you listening to me? Right. So that sounds like something we say to our kids. Hey, I know you hear me, but I need you to listen to me right now. Listen to what I'm saying, hmm. man. I, I bet many of us would confess that we need to be better listeners. Like, what, what, are, what, are, what are our friends really telling us? What are they really saying? What are our kids? What is our spouse really saying? Are we listening? Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken from them. Mm. The Lord expects a return on what he's deposited into our lives. That's a consistent theme of Scripture. He's given us gifts and abilities and talents. We, we, he doesn't love us based on that. He doesn't love, our, his love for us isn't based on how well we do with our gifts and talents, but there is an expectation that the gifts, talents, and abilities that he gives us and the, uh, the ability that we have to uh, communicate the kingdom of God and to share with others, uh, we should be doing that. There's an expectation that we'll use the gifts, that there'll be a return um, on that investment, if you will. Verse 19, now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. That's what it means to be the family of God, man. Hearing the word of God and putting it into practice, you know. Uh, hearing the word of God and putting it into practice. Verse 22, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. There's Jesus taking a nap again, man. Look at that. Jesus, man, Jesus, he on time with the naps. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's on time with the naps. He's tired, man. He's resting. He's being replenished. You know, I think uh, sometimes in the spiritual life, you know, I'm reading uh, some stuff right now, and just again, just reminding uh, me of the importance of uh, the rhythm of the spiritual life. Um, there's times to um, to put out. There's times to to uh, to give out, to pour out, but it's very important to have times where you're also receiving and replenishing. And it's in the moments of replenishing that you actually grow. 
Yeah. So when you re, when you're being replenished, that you're actually growing. Um, you're actually uh, maturing. You're actually, uh, uh, you know, it's just like when you're working out. When you work out, you 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 strain and you stress the muscles. But it's when you rest, when you actually give the muscles time to rest, that's actually when they get stronger. You tear them down when you work out. You let they rebuild when you're resting. In our spiritual lives, it's the same way. We got to get times to rest. So anyway, Jesus is sleeping. Uh, he fell asleep on the boat. He apparently he sleeps on boats, y'all. You know, boat boating and sleeping go together. <laughs> A squall came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. And so this is a serious serious situation. The disciples went and woke him, saying, "Master, Master, we're going to drown." Now, come on. I think Jesus is going to drown. I mean, Jesus, just won't, Jesus is not going to drown. He'll just walk on the water. <laughs> uh, but they were scared. I get it. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's true. You know, the boat, you know, the rocking and swaying of the boat, that'll, um, that'll put you right out, man. That'll make you sleepy. It'll also make you sick. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> if it, you know, I, the last two um, deep sea fishing trips I've been on, they both ended the same way. You know what I mean? Um, those, uh, <laughs> it's been a few years, but um, yeah, the last two, it ended the same way. Like, over the rails. Call them the Brown Buick, you know. Yeah, that's it, that's fun. That's, I mean, there's nothing worse than seasickness, right? Oh, goodness, that's the worst feeling. You're seasick and you got you can't get off and you can't stop the sea. You ain't like Jesus. You can't just say seas be still. I mean Jesus can, but I I can't I haven't figured that one out yet. But verse twenty six, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had been had. Not worn clothes. Oh, come on, man. Put some britches on. <laughs> I mean, I just got off. Man, we just got out of a storm here. Come on, boy. Put some britches on. I ain't got time. I ain't got time for all this craziness. <laughs> just get through a storm. Think you're going to lose your life. First thing that happens when you hit the shore is old boy running at you with no britches on. Come on, man. Put some pants on. He'd not worn clothes for a long time. Now, you know, that's, mm-mm, that ain't, ain't right. Anyway, for a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high, or son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. 
for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the for Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon and the demons, the demon into solitary places. Wow. This demon is torturing this man. I mean, super like almost superhuman strength here with breaking chains and just uncontrollable. So Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. Legion is a lot, right? There's a lot of demons in there. And they begged, they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons had come out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the sheep bank into the lake and was drowned. We talked about this the other day, that visual of those pigs running over the edge. That's what the enemy would like to do to each one of us, to destroy us. But God, Jesus has come that we might have life, have it to the fullest, um, and to destroy the works of the devil. That's the devil that seeks to still kill, and destroy. Verse 34. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and countryside. The people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet. He got clothes on, dressed, praised the Lord. Man, you know what? You know they walked out there like, oh my goodness. Bobby got clothes on. The Lord is in this place. <laughs> Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. <laughs> Bobby got clothes on. Did you hear that? Bobby, what? Yeah, Bobby got clothes on. Anyway, um, but he sat at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his right mind, they were afraid. And so they're like, yeah, something's going on here. This man is like supernatural. Yeah, he is. Uh, those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the, of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. Hmm. You ever thought about that? Like, um, you know, if you ask Jesus to leave, he will. Wow. That's an interesting thought, right? Like sometimes, in, not only like overtly, but inadvertently, we, we tell Jesus to leave. In other words, like I don't want, I don't need you to make my decisions. I don't need I don't need you to guide my choices. Um, you know, if we ask Jesus to leave, he will. Right? He got in the boat and left. Nah, so what we want to do? We don't want we don't want Jesus to leave. We we invite Jesus into our lives. We invite Jesus into our circumstances and situations. We invite him to guide us. I just think that's a very uh, like uh, interesting. So he got into the boat and left. He didn't fight. He didn't demand. They didn't want him there, so he left. Hmm. You know, if you don't want him in your home, he'll leave. If you don't want him in your business, he's not going to force his way in. If we don't want him in our lives, he's not going to make us. That's just a very interesting uh, reminder. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged, watch this, he's like, I want to go with you, Jesus. 
<laughs> the man whom, from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. You just think like a place where there's that kind of demonic activity and in, in, is probably a chaotic place, right? It's probably a fear, it, obviously it's a fear-filled place. The Gerasenes was a fear-filled place. But you think about places that are, you know, that has a lot of, you know, just sinfulness and demonic activity and uh, darkness. Um, man, once you come to the light, you really don't want to stay there. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to stay there. You don't want to stay in that environment. Um, and, and suddenly you're able to see all the darkness that's around. It becomes aware, obvious to you. Like, whoa, this is a crazy place. Um, this is not good. This is not holy. So this demonic man, this man who was filled with the, the, these, these demons, when he was delivered, the contrast, you know, he was brought from darkness to light. He was brought into the presence of Jesus. And suddenly this place that he had lived, he was like, I can't live there anymore. I can't live there. I can't live like that. I want to go where Jesus goes. <laughs> because if Jesus goes is light. Where Jesus goes is hope and peace and joy. Man, once Jesus delivers you, you can't, you can't live in that darkness anymore. The darkness, come on, the darkness ain't your home no more. The, dark, the darkness was the man's home for a long time. He lived there he naked. <laughs> he lived there in the darkness naked. But when Jesus delivered him, when Jesus gave him new life, set him free from the tormenting uh, darkness that was around him, he said, I can't live there anymore. I got to go where Jesus is. Yes, sir. The man from whom the demons had gone out, Jesus said, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told, told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him. For they were all expecting him. The man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. As Jesus went on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Wow. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. I love this story. I love the intertwining of these two stories. This is just incredible. You got Jairus, whose daughter is sick and 12 years old, and you know, the disciples are like, yeah, man, go and heal, him, heal her because this could really help. You know, we, we'll be, This is going to help our, our, the movement, the growth of the movement. And while he's on the way to help out this uh, influential synagogue ruler, Jairus, a woman who's in desperate need been bleeding for 12 years as she's been bleeding as long as Jarius's daughter's been alive been suffering have you ever been at wit's end man have you ever been at, you know you've ever been like uh you've tried everything that's kind of when we read the other accounts of this woman's story we know that she was at wit's end she was desperate um no one could heal her. She said, I'm going to give Jesus a shot. I believe he can help. I believe he can help. So she reaches through the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment and immediately her bleeding stopped. Stop, verse 45, Jesus speaking, who touched me? When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding, around, uh, crowding and pressing against you. 
Like, there's all these people. Anybody could have bumped you. Jesus, come on, man. How are we supposed to know who touched you? Jesus said, someone touched me. No, someone really touched me. Someone really reached out to me in faith. Someone was hungry. Someone was longing for, for God and, uh, and really reached out. I know that power. Whoa, I don't even know what this means, but man, that's awesome right there. I don't know all that that means, but that's something. He says, I know that power has gone out from me. Like he felt a discharge of power <laughs> from his being. <laughs> uh, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been he instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Hmm. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. So now he's like, see this woman with the issue of blood, she disrupted, look, she got in the way. This woman, the issue of blood, we're, this, you see, that's the, that was the problem. This was a time-sensitive situation, and then this woman comes bumping into Jesus, and now the, this little baby girl, 12 years old, she dead, she died. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Jesus says, man, I can multitask, bro. <laughs> don't be, don't, my, my grace and my power and my ability is not limited. I can heal in any place at any time simultaneously. Don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. Oh, he was, he was, she was dead. But he looked, her, looked at her by the hand and took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. That, the, the, uh, the word there for my child is very tender. Hey, guys, this is so I know we got cut off a little bit there on the podcast. So I just want to wrap up this uh, Luke chapter eight. So they laughed at him, uh, knowing that she, verse 53, that she was dead. But he looked to her or he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned. And at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Man, get a baby something to eat. Give her some chicken nugs. Give her some uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, give her something to eat. She's hungry. <laughs> and that word, my child, uh, get up when he spoke to her, that's a very tender term. It's almost like honey, sweetheart, sweetheart, get up. It's a very endearing uh, term. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Wow. And Jesus is awesome. Love all that, man. Luke chapter 8 is so powerful. So many incredible stories just demonstrating the power and the majesty of Jesus. From calming seas to delivering demonic oppression to um, healing uh, a, a dead girl to uh, reaching someone who was at their wits' end and, and setting them free, giving them a new life. Well, there's a lot of new life in chapter eight, actually. <laughs> a lot of people experiencing radical new life. So, 
man, good stuff. Lots of stuff to think about and ponder. Hey, let's pray, you guys. Lord, thank you so much for uh, all that you do. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Help us to be ambassadors of the kingdom of light. Help us to uh, be where you are, Lord, and to invite you into every aspect of our lives because we know that where you are is hope and joy and peace and grace and kindness, uh, is life. And so, Lord, we want to be where you are. We want you to be where we are. And so, God, this, as we go through this weekend, we just pray that we would walk in step with you. May we be salt and light. Uh, may we walk in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and shine uh, our light brightly, the light that is um, the gospel. Thank you for my friends. I pray your blessing upon each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today, my friends. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for taking a moment to comment uh, and to leave a, a, uh, a review, to share it with other people, and, uh, and just spread the word about the podcast. Really appreciate that. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Uh, over the weekend, read Matthew chapter 11 at some point. That way you'll be on track with us uh, when we jump back in on Monday uh, with Matthew. Um, yeah, thank you for spending this week with us. Thank you for spending this day with us. Uh, you guys are the best. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.